Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Oh, I love being in room 4216. It's beautiful. There's the the sound of the lake outside the the doors and and there's bright sunlight coming through and but it's the temperature is good and and uh just had a great uh meal and I just love this room. Don't you Pastor Dave? Yeah, I do. Although I'm 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 sitting here kind of having a few regrets. Uh, what? From, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait. We're here in room 4216 uh-huh. and you're usually the bold uh, adventurous, uh, no regrets. Uh, um, what's going on? Well, do you remember in the last uh, lesson we talked about rejoicing the Lord? And again, I say rejoice. And, yes. And I and you asked me if I'm always joyful, and I said no. There are many times I'm not, and, and I kind of wonder if I said too much and I don't know. Not that I'm trying to have a the wrong a right or wrong picture, but. Let me just give a little bit more on that, if I could. Okay. Um, I think, and I think this is some, what I was trying to relate, and I think people can, is not every day is perfect and peaches and cream. Actually, if you had peaches and cream every day, you'd probably get tired of that, too. Not every day is chocolate brownies or or New York strip steaks. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, there are days I get down, especially when there's a trigger of this or that. Um, and, and that's what I was trying to relate last week. Uh, not that, that I am depressed, uh, although, you know, really it could move to that if I would permit it to. And that's it, kind of where I'm touching today even. Today, you know, I, I feel kind of, not blah, but um, uh, if, if I leave room 4216 and go back home, back home the weather is changing from that mild spring day to a hot summer day. And for me, whenever there's transition of seasons, I get this overwhelming yucky feeling. Mm. And, and it's like, can I have a cup? No, I want a mug. No, I want a whole pot of coffee. And maybe that won't even help. Maybe I'll just go fishing. Maybe I'll just, I don't know. What I want. You mean pastors are human too? Yep. Wow. And that's kind of where I am today. So if you said, am I joyful today? I'd, I'd have to say, well, I mean, sometimes I do have that literally happy attitude. But then there are some days I'm just like this. And I love quoting. His name is Earl. He was a, a good friend and, a, and, a, and a, a pastor who worked down at Concordia Publishing House. And every once in a while, my wife said as she was uh, there at work, the same place, he, she'd see Earl whistling down the hall, and, and she'd say to him, Boy, you sure are joyful today. And he said, Nope, but I'm working on it. <laughs> and I think, Earl, it helped me. There, there are days all of us just have to be working on it. And, and it, I guess that's kind of what I was r- trying to relate is, you know, it isn't that we have to be joyful because if we aren't joyful, then we'll feel guilty that we aren't joyful. And then, and then where do we go? Then we get lower and lower because Correct. we think, yeah. Because really the joy that Jesus gives us is different than that, that bubbly attitude that we have just because, ah, it's a beautiful day and whatever, or whatever, or whatever. Our joy is knowing our God's with us through thick and thin, that he has our best interest in mind, that uh, he loves us no matter what. And, and you can go on and on about those things. 
That's where our joy and rejoicing comes. So even today, um, like Earl, no, I'm working on it, and I am working on it, and uh, um, that's what Paul, I think, was trying to relate with these words. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. What are you doing, Cecilia? I'm thinking about some words, Pastor Dave. What words are those? True, noble, right, pure, lovely, and, well, you know, all those words that Paul said to think about. Oh, from verse 8 of last week. Yeah. Uh, What are they again? You were doing some letters. What was uh, that about? Well, that's one of the ways that I remember things. How was that? Uh, Okay. True. N- noble, right? Oh, T N R T N P L A, yeah. P L A, mm-hmm. pure, lovely, admirable. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so you're thinking of them, huh? Yes, I am. Well, you know, what Paul was saying is not just think of the words, but things that are these things. Here. Oh. Okay. Like what? What? What comes to your mind when you hear the word true? The Bible. Okay, that's good. Okay, how about noble? Uh, a Tolkien elf. Oh, boy. How about right? Well, the me when we're playing Monopoly and when I know the rules. Okay, how about pure? What's something that comes to your mind when you think of pure? Mm. Cold spring water. Ah, Chocolate with no nuts. Ah. How about something lovely? That beautiful velvet dress that I saw that, oh, I wanted so much. Mm. It's just gorgeous. Okay. Um, <clears throat> admirable? Oh, Lord Nelson, of course. What? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, he was a great admiral. He uh, was <sighs> uh, um, in the 1700s and uh, fought in the Napoleonic Wars. Cecilia? He had a lot of uh, unconventional tactics, but great leadership, you know? Cecilia. Yeah? It's Admirable, like an admire, not not the general on the water. Oh! Yeah. Oh, well. Paul is trying to tell us to be thinking about these things. You could We could play another game. Okay. Um, instead of truth, what's the opposite of true? A lie. Oh, well, I suppose. It could be false, though, too. What's the difference? Oh, there's a big difference. Um, sometimes, sometimes not. How about what's the opposite of noble? Dishonorable. Ooh, okay. What if it, uh, something that's not right? Is wrong. Okay. How about something that's not pure? It's impure. It's full of uh, pollution or something. Pollution? Tainted. Okay. How about if it's not lovely? It's ugly. It's not beautiful. Okay. And you see, and, we, and I'm almost nervous to Say admirable. Um, Don't tell me corporal. 
No, it's uh, something that I don't like, something that I can't think of as wonderful or good. Paul is saying, think of the, not the bad things of the world, but the good things. So really, you know, the, the, the pure water isn't bad. And, and the, the, the dress, that's not bad either. But here's the interesting thing. Some, for some people, um, some things will bring to mind something bad. Um, with, because the, some of these things you've mentioned are just particular items. They're neutral in and of themselves. But what we do with them, how we view them, that can bring some uh, uh, of the things that aren't true and right to mind. So jealousy and envy and strife and stealing to get that dress. Now, that's not a right thing. Or if I eat too much chocolate. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, chocolate is fine if you don't eat too much. So it can be how you handle these things as well. Paul is simply trying to say, focus your mind. Don't let your mind ramble, because if you do, we have that sinful nature. That nature that wants to sneak up and pull us back down. And that's why he then goes on to say in verse 9. Can you read verse 9? Which is obviously after the true, noble, right, the pure, lovely, Lovely admirable. admirable. Yeah. So what's verse 9? Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Paul is indicating here um, that not just... Let me back up again. Actually, I read this in the commentary. That uh, there are many things in the secular world. You might go to college and study physics. Well, that's true. And it's right. And it's, it's actually noble from my point of view, if you can understand physics. But then Paul balances it by, don't let that be your God, but see how I put the things into practice in my life. So that we have some flesh and blood to hold on, and not just simple aspirations. Now that we have finished verse 8 and 9, let's go on to the next section, 10 and following. All right. Oh, this has one of the Christian's favorite verses in it. What's that? Verse 13. Hmm? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, Yeah, and I think in many ways that is a misquoted verse. What? Yeah. A lot of times people say it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I can go out and get the job, and I can do this, and I can do. I can overcome this sin, and I can overdo this bear because Christ is in me. That's how it's often used. Now, and not everybody does that, by the way. I understand that. But sometimes that's how it's used. Now, with all that said as the backdrop, let's actually read it after we read verses 10, 11, and 12 first. Did that oh. sentence make sense? Oops. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Let's read 10, 11, 12. I rejoice greatly in the Lord 
Here's that rejoice again. Mm -hmm. Paul just, he's rejoicing in the Lord. This isn't an emotional, hey man, it's a good day, the season's great, and I'm uh, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's a rejoice in the Lord. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you have had no opportunity to show it. Mm. Um, we're going to find out that they gave a gift to him, a monetary gift to help him, because he, he, he was in prison and he didn't have money. I'm not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to be. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, hmm. whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do. Everything through him who gives me strength. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned it. I can do all things through Christ, uh -huh. through Christ who strengthens me. Not uh -huh. That's the him, but really more the focus is what was the backdrop of his able to do anything or everything? Plenty and want, hunger and well-fed. Earthly circumstances... They come and they go. That's what Paul is trying to say here. And I can live through any circumstance because Christ is the reason for my life. Not, not just for my life. Christ is my life. You see, he's trying to say, and I've said this before, and maybe you've heard me say it, Cecilia, life is not circumstances. What we eat, what we drink, where we live, what we do, what job we hold. Those things come and go. Real life is knowing Jesus who lifts us above these circumstances. What? I, I know that it's Christ mm -hmm. who lifts us above these circumstances. But the way Paul puts this, mm -hmm. I, I, um, um, in, in verse 11, or mm -hmm. no, um, I, I've learned to be content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or, or hungry. Mm -hmm. I'm not always content like that. Mm. I sometimes honestly feel like I just can't measure up to Paul's example. I mean, he says, <laughs> look at what I do and, and, uh -huh, and, uh -huh. and follow my example. Well, you just said that in verse 9, follow the pattern I've given you. And I can't right. always. There's two things there. We never chatted with the man, Paul, if we had, and sat down with a cup of uh, Turkish coffee with him. I don't think he had archetype of coffee. I think it was a Turkish <laughs> cup of coffee. Uh, we'd probably find that he's an average Joe just like you and me who has his problems. I mean, he had a something, a thorn in the flesh. Uh, there were times he wasn't always joyful on the outward. And that's kind of what I was talking about in the first segment, even. There, I'm not always joyful. I'm not always up and peppy. I, there no, are I've seen days when you have not been. Yeah, yeah. But when I need to, I turn the switch and I do what I need to. Somebody once said, and I love this phrase, it's not that life is perfect, but instead we have perfect moments that make up a life. 
imperfect moments that make up a life. Which means there are a lot of things in between those perfect moments that aren't always so good. And if we dwell on the moments, if we dwell on our emotions and feelings, we're going to get ourselves into deep trouble. That's why Paul moved it from plenty and want, that's the earthly stuff, Mm -hmm. well-fed or hungry, to Christ. Christ is the one who can lift us above these things because he gives us the sure and certain hope of eternity. You also pointed out to me, as we were beginning to discuss some of this, uh, in verse 11, um, I have learned to be content, Mm -hmm. whatever the circumstances. Learning, that doesn't mean that Paul says... He was that way from birth. Yeah. No. 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 He says, I have learned. Yep. Yep. So depending on when in his life... Um, we, we, we would find him in various stages. Um, and I'm sure there are times he wasn't content, and that's why he screamed to the Lord, and the Lord opened up to him. Contentment comes when you are happy to be living with me and not looking in the circumstances to determine is your life good or bad. verse 14. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Okay. I need to stop you because we he did a rambling, a sidetrack. Go back to verse um, uh, 10 and 11. Oh, okay. Verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned but have had no opportunity to show it. So Paul was talking about this concern and showing it. They sent a gift, and we're going to read it in a couple seconds with Epaphroditus. And now now we'll go ahead and read verse... So he started there with 10 and 11. Then he got sidetracked about being content. So now read verse 14 again. Okay. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days... Of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, remember we talked about that way back in chapter 1 where uh, he was told to go to Macedonia and then he lived with the Philippians for a while and then he had to move on. Mm -hmm. He was a missionary, stayed only a couple years and then planted more churches. Mm -hmm. When I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Now, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. First, uh, back in verse uh, 10 Mm -hmm. and 11, he says, you've had no no opportunity to show it, that that they were concerned for him. Mm -hmm. And then he says, right here, you sent me aid again and again. So which is it? Well, it's both. Um, When he was in Thessalonica, they continued to send aid because they saw the wonderful work he was doing. Right now, when Paul is writing this, remember, he is under guard in Rome. 
that's where they didn't have a chance to do so much of anything until just recently. Oh, okay. So it's a different, probably a couple years later. Ah, all right. I understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Continuing on then uh, in verse 17. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to you, uh, to your account. Okay, first of all, they just sent him a gift, and now it sounds like he wants more. Yeah. Uh, read the next verse. I think it helps, if I remember right. I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. Okay. So Paul is wanting to say, what was the one you questioned about? Was in uh, verse... Not that I am looking for a gift, Yeah, but I am... Looking for what may be credited to your account. Credited to your account. He, Paul here is stressing the importance that we should be looking out for the concerns of others. That's what he said in verse 14 and 10 and 11. And these people were doing that. And then not only were they on the lookout for people in need, like Paul, as he's sharing the gospel, but then they worked to help meet these needs. So Paul is saying that... Uh, at one point, yes, he, not, not, I mean, it's, it's great to be noble and say, oh, there are others in need, but mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. you got to say, yes, I'm in need here. Correct, correct. And he's also indicating that this is a good thing to meet needs. This is a Christian thing. This is what Christians were known for, meeting the needs of their brothers and sisters. It was a cutthroat world back then, even as it is somewhat today. And when we go out of our way to help people who are in need, people sit up and go, what are you doing? And uh, also then do remember Paul who's in need, he is a missionary. It helped him, it encouraged him so he could go on sharing the gospel. Ah. These are what our gifts do. We don't give just because God says we have to. God uses the gifts we give and blesses them. So then he continues to talk about the, the gifts that, uh, that he received from Epaphroditus. He says, They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. Now today, when I hear, that's acceptable, uh, that, that sounds only like, well, that's adequate. Yeah, that's not what the word means here. An, ad- uh, an acceptable sacrifice means it's pleasing, it's a right one, it's a good one. It's a perfect sacrifice. And Paul concludes this section of... Oh, no. I should add, by the way, too. Notice you use the word sacrifice there. Uh-huh. When we talk about Jesus, he sacrificed his life. What are our sacrifices? We talked only in passing about that in worship. It is our spiritual act of worship that is... Uh, the pleasing sacrifice to God. And sometimes that means giving of ourselves. Sometimes it means it's our prayers for people. We do sacrifices, but we do them not to get to heaven, but because we already are a Christian, we already are in heaven. And as a response, um, it says here in verse 19, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God, 
first it was my God, now it's our God. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Some of you may not realize, but there's only three verses left in this book to the Philippians. 21, 22, and 23. You said we'd finish it today, and I didn't think we would. (laughs) But here we go. Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. All the saints send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. All right, first, mm-hmm. uh, Pastor Dave, it says, uh, the brothers who are with me yep. send you greetings. Yep. Then it says, all the saints send you greetings. Yep. Now, by brothers, we know uh, that that doesn't mean just the men, but but means brothers, men and women. Yep. So, what's the difference between the brothers send you greetings and all the saints send you greetings? Yep. Yep. In other words, we don't know. Yep. <clears throat> and to continue. Yep. Especially, uh, it says uh, that uh, all the saints greet you, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. Yep. That's, it would be exciting to think that that was Caesar's family, but that's probably not who they're talking about, is it? Could be. Could be some of them. Certainly the household. So could have been uh, his wife. Could have been a child. Could have been a servant. It's hard to say. But it could also be the some of the imperial guards that were set to guard Paul, correct? I think he would have said the imperial guards. And mm. it does do that elsewhere. Um, That's true, it does. So, I no, I think this means uh, of the household, not the guards. Wow. Mm-hmm. How neat that, yeah. even, that even Caesar's... Uh, people that even some of them will see them in heaven one day. Well, they're sinners. They know it, and they clung to Jesus, even as you and I do. And finally, Paul says this: "The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit." Amen. Amen. I will lead you who are blind by the ways you have not known, along unfamiliar paths. I will guide you. I will turn the darkness into light before you and make the rough places smooth. (laughs) These are the things I will do. I will not forsake you. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Laurel Jean... Jesus Loves Me, from Family Album, and Robert Vaughn, Interlude Musician. Ah, Maybe this time we'll get it right. Lesson 21, Segment 2. That would be Lesson 61. Oh, oops. (laughs) 